I was living on the street. I was a really smoked out meth addict and I weighed about 100 pounds and literally could see my ribs poking out of my side. You know, I started to really be addicted to not just the drugs that I was doing, but I got addicted to the whole fast life, burglarizing homes and businesses. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist On Leg. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show. We're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Today, we'll be talking about how temptations work and how giving into temptation just once can lead to very severe consequences. Listen, there are certain temptations that will be presented one day or have already been presented. Maybe you have a story to tell. Why do temptations exist? And why is it so bad to give into them? Let's really try to understand this more, as today we will have Jed Lindstrom on the show. Jed had a good future ahead of him until one day he was tempted with drugs at the age of 14. That one day forever changed his life. And we're going to talk about how one decision caused his life to spiral down into a life full of consequences and difficulty with methamphetamines and cocaine. But Jesus pulled him out of the pit and saved his destiny. Jed, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Ah, Jed, I'm glad you're on the show with us. And I'm excited to hear your story because your life story really illustrates what can happen with a bad decision that led to a life full of pain and suffering for you through addiction. But it didn't start that way. I understand you were raised in a Christian home. You were a promising sports player. And when you were 14, things were going very well for you. What happened? Yeah, I was 14 years old and I was heavily involved in baseball. And so... I remember distinctly this moment where I was in my apartment complex. We lived in government housing in actually a pretty wealthy city in Minnesota, but we lived in the poorest neighborhood. I remember this group of kids that were pretty notorious for like selling drugs and partying. And I remember standing there with my cleats hanging over my shoulder and I pierced through. And I remember thinking to myself, I wonder what would happen if I began to live that kind of life. And it was like this defining moment where... I literally like put my cleats down and began to join them, Uh even though I wasn't like, I didn't walk over there, but like in my heart, I did. Okay. So this was the moment, a moment of temptation that changed your life. Yeah. I understand that it started with a thought, a wonder that led you to try drugs for the first time. Here's this good Christian kid who is a sports player. And your whole future changed from giving it to a moment of temptation. Yep. I understand you gave up playing sports after this one moment of trying out the drug for the first time in your life. What was this first experience like? Well, in fact, I wanted to say the first time that I got high, I literally passed out in a snowbank head first and almost died. <laughs> and like one of my friends pulled up and I remember the bass bumping real loud. I remember it kind of shaking me, awaking me. And then my friend hopped out of the car. I heard the door slam. And I couldn't get out of there. I couldn't get out of the snowbank. He pulled me out and we went back and I was so focused on getting high and partying that I hopped in the car, even though I just about died my first time and just went for it again. Oh gosh. Now I understand that one moment continued on until like your adulthood. 
And you went from alcohol and marijuana to using heavier drugs like methamphetamines and cocaine. Yep. I understand the addiction got so strong that you became desperate to do things that were way out of character. Yeah. You started stealing to provide for this addiction and other things like what? Tell me. Yeah, yeah. As a young kid, even when I was playing baseball, you know, I would steal little stuff like pens and candy from a store and all that kind of stuff. But like, as I grew up and got older, you know, I started to really be addicted to not just the drugs that I was doing, but I got addicted to the whole fast life, you know, burglarizing homes and businesses. And a lot of times when we would burglarize homes or whatever, you know, we would come across guns and we would steal the guns and we would sell them to gang members people that we sold drugs to. So we sold drugs between gangs and we, you know, we're distributing stolen goods to people as well. Oh my gosh. So there you're going, you're breaking into homes and businesses. And at this point, heavily addicted to methamphetamines and Coke. I understand it got so bad that eventually you got caught and thrown into jail, but something happened special for you in that jail cell. What happened? Well, in 2004, I was living on the street. I was a really smoked out meth addict, just doing my thing, living on the street. And I called my mom. I was pretty much fed up. I was running from the cops and I weighed about a hundred pounds and literally could see my ribs poking out of my side. And I turned myself into jail. And when I got into jail, there was a Bible and it was sitting on a table. And I remember just picking that thing up and opening it up. And I looked down on it and it said, thieves steal no longer. And I'm like, well, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me. I don't read the Bible. The Bible doesn't matter that much to me. But this seemed kind of like intense to say, you know, hey, don't steal anymore. It was like, what are you trying to tell me to do? You're trying to tell me what to do now? You know, and and I just remember at that time just feeling so much conviction and just like falling on my knees. Mm -hmm. And I just began to like cry out to God and ask him to help me and reveal himself to me. And that's where I surrendered my life to him. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. So you gave your life to Jesus. You're calling out to him for salvation of your soul. And I understand that this was a changing moment for you. Right. Like it wasn't just a prayer and then back to drugs. Rather, it was at this point, the Lord guiding you how to get set free from the drug addiction. Now, how did this really happen? Well, it was pretty amazing. I saw the mercy of God in the courtroom. I had a mandatory prison sentence and they diverted it for me. Instead of going to prison, they court-ordered me to a program called Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge in Minneapolis. It was a miracle that I didn't have to go serve prison time. So here I am sitting at this Teen Challenge Center in Minneapolis again, because I had been there actually before, but I wasn't really trying to have this whole God thing. And I wasn't really trying to walk the straight and narrow. But you know what? When I got into this time, I really took God serious, and He just began to reveal Himself to me there. Wow. That is different, Jed. And it sounds like taking God serious was a secret recipe to your freedom in Christ. Looking back, what do you think you were seeking for truly all those years when you were doing those drugs? Well, I was always wondering if there was anyone who saw me or cared for me. And I think the biggest thing that mattered the most was that God literally sent people to me, like in the places we call them no-go places. They're typically places that God sends people to you. And he kept sending people to me like over and over and over again. I was reminded of those people, even in my time of getting cleaned up. So those people that encouraged me to not live a life of drugs and crime encouraged me a lot. And definitely my mom did. My mom was someone who just never gave up. She'd actually come knocking at the house where we were staying, doing drugs and selling them. She would come knock on the door telling us it's time to get home, time to stop playing around. 
So my mom was my biggest motivator, definitely was my mom. Thank God for Christian moms who pray and know how to be ready for their kids to return back to God. I understand you have gotten free from your meth and cocaine addiction, and today you have given your life to preaching of the gospel, and God has changed your life so much. Mm -hmm. I know there's someone listening who's being encouraged right now who's looking for a huge change in their lives, and they don't know how to do it. Truly, your life is pointing to the pathway of freedom, Jesus Christ. Jed, thanks so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Don't go anywhere. Let's talk more about temptations right after the break. My friends, this is Evangelist Onlay, and I have a huge heart to study how Jesus is working in people's lives today and how He can change the lives of so many more. Will you partner with me to get this show on another radio station in a different state? Together, we're learning and demonstrating that Jesus is alive and touching lives everywhere. Help us to get out the good news. We're looking for monthly giving partners from $5 a month to $100 a month. Anything helps. You can learn more about this by going to AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at AwakeningTheNations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's AwakeningTheNations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? First of all, praise God that Jed got set free from addiction, which I want to talk about deeper if we can. But before that, let us ponder about what Jed's life would have been if he never gave into that first temptation. Wow, how would Jed's life be different today? What about all the times that Jed didn't mention, but when he thought about trying to quit, but in the end, giving into temptation and being stuck to the cycle of needing more drugs and doing anything he could to get them? How does one overcome temptation? We first need to understand where temptation comes from. It's written in James chapter 1, 13 through 14. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So temptation for all of us, beloved, never comes from God. It isn't God's will for us to be tempted. Rather, it's the enemy of God's will, the devil, the tempter of mankind. But according to this scripture, the temptation isn't always external, but it's something going on internally because of our own desires inside of us is what caused those temptations. It's written in Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 18. Apostle Paul speaking and he says, For what am I doing? I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. See, as you're listening to this, Apostle Paul here is talking about the inner struggle with sin, with temptation, and the desire to give in to temptations already lives within each one of us. It's clearly written that the power to overcome addiction 
is not inside of us. That means we will need supernatural assistance from heaven to overcome our temptations and addictions. And it's written this in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. The truth is, beloved, we will all be tempted according to the scripture. But how will we all deal with it? You see, God is very much involved when we get tempted, but he isn't the one tempting us. He is the one trying to shield us from the temptation. He's trying to make a pathway of escape and he guarantees that we will have that pathway. So that means, beloved, if you're going through this, no matter how much the temptation is, you can overcome it. Father God, I'm praying right now that you would equip that person who's saying, gosh, that's me. I need supernatural power to overcome my temptations, to be delivered from my addictions. Lord Jesus, we receive that power, which is you, Lord. We receive you, we believe in you, and we welcome your power in our lives through the Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at www.therealliferadioshow.com. See you next time.